0: Well, hello everybody. This is Lynette Wolf.
1: And this is Brian Wolf.
0: We're the Wolf Couple. Oh, Oh. how are you doing, guys? Hey, it's great to hear from everybody. This is so exciting. We just love, as you know, we love uh, doing these calls. And just so you guys know, I want to welcome everybody. I know you guys all know us, Brian and Lynette Wolf. And, uh, if you're on this call, actually, there might be a couple people that actually don't know us on this call, honey.
1: That is correct. Guys, usually Lynette and I, for many, many years, have been doing the...
0: We do the alumni call, which yes. is the fourth Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In order to be on that call, you have to have had went to the Quick Start Real Estate School, which is the four-day training. Uh, the Quick Start Real Estate School. So that's the one. So this is... So
1: obviously, guys, if you had been to that training, you would have met us there because we have been at all those trainings for about 15 years with Ron. Um, So we go... You guys know that those trainings take place once a month, roughly, all around the country. And if you have not been to that, that is kind of our basic... Well, we call it a boot camp. And so that's your basic training to do this business successfully, and pretty much everybody that Ron has had come through, uh, you know, Global Publishing and him has have had a success stories. Pretty much have come through that Quick Start Real Estate School. So you see us there. You'll bring leads to that, and we actually call your leads the first night and close deals for you at the event. Send you home with contracts and. So that's good, and it's an awesome event, and, Ron, and uh, Ron would love to see you there, and we would love to see you there. Uh, now, you guys are all in the Gold Club, which is, as that's Ron, right. Ron says, the best deal in the real estate investing world.
0: It um, is. Let me explain. So um, like Brian said, uh, we met Ron the Grand um, almost 16 years ago now, and we teach alongside with them for the past 15 years, so you'll see, it as, see us uh at all of his events, and uh, we have a very successful office in Arizona. We're the king and queen of automation and delegation, and uh, we can tell, tell you more about that later, but I want to jump right into. Uh, we have some lead sheets, but first a little housekeeping. Um, the purpose of this call, uh, we, we actually hold this call the second Monday of every month, okay? This is for Gold Club members. Uh, the Gold Club members, if you're a Gold Club member, you can submit deals prior to the call that we're going to review right here, and we have quite a few deals that were submitted, so that's very exciting. Um, if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but you can't participate. Okay, so you can get um, you can get more information to sign up uh, for the Gold Club at Ron, uh, ron'sgoldclub.com. So it's ron's r-o-n-s goldclub.com if you want to get more information on signing up for that, okay? So let me explain how this works. Um, If you have questions or you sent in a lead sheet, um, all you have to do to get in the queue so we can discuss your deal, if you're a Gold Club member, and if you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal, just hit star six to enter into the queue. If you're not a Gold Club member, I mean, if you are a Gold Club member and you did not dial in the interactive line that's listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, you should hang up now and dial right back in. So hang up now and dial right back in so that you have the interactive phone number to um, ask questions, okay? So um, we're going to jump right in, honey. Um, We actually have star six get you into the queue. We already have some students in the queue, and we have... I
1: thought that people had to be in the Gold Club already. So guys, if you are not in the Gold Club, seriously, there is so much great information up there, so many resources, uh, that, and it's very inexpensive. You can get in for like as cheap as 59 bucks a month. So if you're not a Gold Club member, uh, there's tons of benefits and resources that are available to you that are really worth it. So we would always encourage that. So let's, uh, let's get into the calls.
0: All right. So the first caller we have, so go ahead and say your name and where you're from. Uh, it looks like area code, here we go. It has no area code, but let me go ahead and get them in the queue. Area code 617. Hi, Lynette. Hello. Hi, I'm Pat.
2: How
0: are you? Hi, Pat. How are you doing, and where are you from?
2: I'm from uh, Boston.
0: Boston, and did did me and Brian uh, see you at the Quick Start Real Estate School
2: in uh, Cherry Hill uh, last month? And you'll see me uh, Wednesday to uh, Saturday as well.
1: Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so, Pat, are I you said, a, are yep. you an Irish boy from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> only the only the good half. I'm half Irish. Boston, ah, so. <laughs> I'm half Irish myself. So I, <laughs> good <I'm>, mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm Black Irish. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing you.
3: It's gonna be great. Sounds
1: good.
2: Yeah, sounds good. That's right. Quick oh, question. Um, after I um, I've been a member of the Gold club for about a year or so now. Um, but I never really did anything with it until after I went to the uh, Quick Start School in Cherry Hill last month, and then I uh, signed up um, for a VA and everything. And um, they've been calling on all my um, FISVO leads, and I have a. Probably about a dozen or so um, property information sheets, and um, I'm a mortgage broker, so you know I have some experience you know on the phone and. Uh, you know, speaking with uh, clients and so forth. Um, but I sent in a proper information sheet. I don't know if you have it. If you don't, yes, I've good. got okay. it right uh, here.
1: Well, there's some encouraging things there, Patrick. So uh, you actually were at the Fast Track, is that right? The one day with on Yeah, the Fast Track. Yeah. And yeah. so now you signed up for the quick start. So we're going to see you in about tomorrow, actually, or like two days yeah. from now, right? Exactly. All right, well, yeah. that's great. And I'm glad you got leads. Bring those in. Make sure that we have those so we can start working on them right away. You'll see us Absolutely. right the first morning when you register.
0: Yeah, registration okay. is at 7 a.m. on Wednesday, and we start at 8 a.m., so I'll be there at 7 a.m. sharp, me and Brian, and uh, okay. we'll be collecting any uh, property information lead sheets you have right there at 7 a.m. because we're going to call sellers for you and uh, come to a uh, pre-negotiated deal and get it under contract and make you some money. So you'll be yep. happy you brought leads.
1: So what, tell what can you tell us about this one, Pat? So um,
2: the one I faxed in, um, the asking price is 679, and it's a four-bedroom, one-bath home. I think it's approximately about 1,700 square feet. And then, so for the area, um, I looked up comps, and I live in the area. So um, uh, single-family homes in the area go from anywhere from mid to high 600s, from anywhere into the mid to high 700s. So uh, what he's asking for is probably just maybe like a touch under retail. And um, it seems like there's not so many pictures online. They're an older couple, and it seems like uh, his motivation for selling is, um, you know, they're going to be downsizing, um, and they don't need the room. It's just the, the husband and wife, and they're, it seem like they're in their late 60s. Uh okay. So he owes – he told the uh, VA that he owns a home free and clear, but I looked up the property online at the Register of Deeds, and it looks like there is a um, – a home equity line or, or a small uh, mortgage on it for about $50,000. Okay. Uh, the property is probably worth anywhere from, you know, um, high high
1: 600s to low 700s. Okay. Have you talked to him? Is it a yes lead sheet? Has, did he say yes, he yes. might give us time? Yes. Uh, y- yes. He said he's open to a
2: uh, le- uh, lease option. And uh, I'm just looking at the notes with uh, the VA wrote here. Um, he said he's uh, open to a, a lease purchase. Um, okay. He said he, yeah. he's not interested in owner financing, but he would consider a lease purchase and uh, he would like to be out of the home. I have it uh, sold uh, by the end of uh, May.
0: Yeah, it says uh, uh, selling the house by the end of May would be nice, but there's no deadline. Well, it's good he exactly.
1: has some level of motivation and it, we can act quickly. So he's in there right now? Is that correct? Yeah, he's in there right now. Okay.
0: Um, no, well, Brian, they're, they're, uh Brian? Yeah. Brian honey, um I'm looking at the lead sheet actually. Um so it does say also um the virtual assistant which is awesome Eagle VA. Uh seller is not interested in owner financing, but he would consider lease purchase. So that's interesting. You'll see what we have to say about that.
2: Okay. So, um now my main question is I'm just trying to figure out like, you know, Structuring the deal. So he says he owns the home free and clear, but, and it looks like a, on online, uh, the registry of deeds. It looks like he, he has the mortgage on the property uh, that he took out a few years ago for about 50000 There's not a discharge recorded, so I don't know if he paid it but off. That doesn't
1: raise really listen. Okay, listen, Pat. Here, here's what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. We're not the underlying mortgage in this situation. If you're doing a uh, lease purchase like this, Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if he owes some small amount or if it's free and clear. Essentially, that doesn't matter that much. Actually, it might mm-hmm. be a bonus that he has a home equity line if he wants to get some cash out. So if he wants to get some cash out and he has a higher, and this home equity line runs to 200000 or something, yeah. which it, marry, it, it, it very well may because he's got a ton of equity in the property. So mm-hmm. if he wanted to pull some money out, that would be the first choice. Now, sometimes Mm -hmm. people want you to have skin in the game, but if people are doing a lease purchase, usually you can get by with – you tell them that normally when we do a lease purchase, we do first and last month's uh, down, and that's it. That's
0: after we say we usually put nothing down, but yeah. So in this
1: case with the
2: lease purchase, just typically, what would – what would the, the payment structure be in terms of, you know, me, what would I would give him for a monthly payment on well, these purchases. purchase? You're,
1: the you're going to, you know, you're going to go through these. There's four things that have to get worked out on every deal. So the purchase mm-hmm. price, he wants, how much does he want? 679 679 yeah. Okay. And does he have any wiggle room on that? Yes. You know, maybe maybe we could get it for, I don't know. The The thing I don't like about it is it's a one-bedroom. So I mean, yeah. a one bath. No, it's a yeah, one bath. Yeah, it's it's odd that you'd have a four bedroom, one bath like that. And I would actually, especially in that price range, I mean, that's kind of crazy to have a six hundred and some thousand dollar house with one bathroom.
0: It's thirteen fifty eight square feet, Brian.
1: Wow, that's small too. Thirteen fifty eight. Obviously, it's the, where it's located is is the value there. But uh, mm-hmm. do you know any possibility of putting a second bathroom on that thing? I mean, at this, at this price, see the whole thing. I'm telling you, if, if it could go, if this is, if it's in the ballpark at 650, if you could get it for 650, and then not spend more than I don't know a few grand to put another bathroom on, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not going crazy, you would probably mm-hmm. add to that house. I mean, you're already up in the price range. You told me that the house is in that. Uh, single-family range are mid to high 6s to mid to high 7s. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you put a second bathroom on there, and if you could justify a 650 value now, you might be able to ask 750 with a, with another bathroom.
0: Absolutely. And yeah.
1: It depends also on how the house shows. Some of these houses are kind of older and you walk. Have you been there? You haven't no, been there, right? I haven't. You're just looking yeah, at no, hello pictures. All right, looking at Zillow pictures, too, especially some older couple they didn 't take very good pictures they didn 't post very many pictures it 's probably kind of an older house too. This is one of those exactly. that probably needs some kind of facelift, uh, but when you 're talking in this price range, I mean if this was a eighty thousand dollar house i wouldn 't put ten grand into a facelift on it, you know probably, but I mean, if we 're talking about a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, if you put ten grand into it you you may be able to get. Fifty grand more, literally, uh, in that price range. So that's, or maybe more, maybe a hundred grand more. I don't know. And so that's why mm-hmm. I would, you know, see. But here, here's the problem, though. If you're just lease purchasing a property, it's dicey to do any kind of improvements. You don't totally have the property tied up, and they might not like you doing improvements. You got to get an agreement in advance to do it. Now, in this case, because it's kind of an unusual situation with such a high-priced property, and the, uh, just begging for a second bathroom, uh, I would I might ask them, Here, the problem is you've got to get a deed. Uh, now, we don't always do this, but if you're going to put some kind of work into a property, I want you to have your attorney, and hopefully, do you have a good attorney yet? Yes. Okay, so I would have your attorney actually draw up the deed paperwork and put the deed in escrow because that way the seller can't see all the great improvements and see how beautiful it is and then back out of the deal. You're going to have the deed okay. in escrow and they're going to be able to surrender the deed to you whatever, no matter what the seller says if you meet certain conditions. And so okay. uh, that's that's the way I do it when I'm doing repairs on a property I only have a lease purchase on. But I could see there's probably... You know, there's probably some room in this. It depends on how flexible the seller is and how you know if he'll let you maybe do some work on it. Now, let's say let's say that's not really in the in the offing. You're not going to do any work on it. He doesn't want you to do it. Let's just say okay. So I straight lease purchase it. And I put it out there as a four-bedroom, one-bath. Now you have to research how much you're going to pay him per month. Now he won't know. A lot of times, people, you know, and and that's one of the things that sellers have trouble with. And write this
0: down, honey. Um, So when you're talking about, you were asking me how much per month. Obviously, the seller always makes you the offer. So what, you know, whoever tells we would make us an offer. And so if he says. you know, you would say, what's the lease amount we could pay you per month? And you're going to see what the seller says. If he says, make me an offer, you know, how about a couple hundred dollars? You want to start really low, okay, and then work your way up. Now, what? how much do you think this house would rent for? Go
4: ahead. I, in terms
2: of uh, rent, I'd say anywhere from high t- 2000s to maybe like 3200
1: at the most. All right, well, where are you pulling that figure out of? Do you actually know that? Do you know what houses are renting for? Here's what I want you guys to do. Here's what I'd like you to do on this property. Uh, People check uh, one of the good websites is what, honey? What's the good one that Ron likes?
0: It's rentometer.com.
1: Rentometer. So you can check that out, and sometimes that's pretty accurate, sometimes not. Plus, uh, this is not always the case, but sometimes usually Zillow will have a rental estimate. In there, in by the listing. Mm-hmm. But
0: remember, remember, a renter will pay more than a lease purchase buyer because they have the luxury of, you know, moving in the home and locking the price and doing a lease purchase.
1: Yeah, a lease purchase buyer will pay more than a renter. That's right. Okay, um, so let's say. Okay, go ahead. No, no. Here's here's what I want you to do, though. Yeah. You can check those other resources, but the best thing to do, if you really want to know what you think you're going to be able to get rental for that property uh, is go in Craigslist and look for houses for rent in that area and see what they say like right now. Like if you were calling around to rent a house, what would be in there? Because that's what's going to be in there. You're going to have this house in a week uh, and your ad's going to be right in there next to those. And so that's why you've got to mm-hmm. figure out what, what the market will bear. Yeah. So if, if you look in there and there's not a thing above 2500 in that whole area, mm-hmm. then you've got to go, whoa, there's no way I'm going to stick an ad in there for 3200 Okay, but if you know, – now, listen, you're not also going to advertise the monthly payment. Sometimes you'll advertise properties for rent and also for sale, but usually when mm-hmm. you put them for sale, the only thing we want you to advertise is the sales price and you will have to advertise that Zillow's not going to let you put up a house without the you know the asking price so you will have okay. to put that in there but you never advertise the monthly payment because we want to get the most we can so we say what's the most you can pay per month to our buyers now when you're working yeah. out this payment this monthly payment with a seller and it's free yeah. and clear that's one of the dicier th- four things that you need to work out. So with purchase price, let's just say we can get the guy. Uh, it'd be nice if we could get him down to 650, but you should, mm-hmm. you should also look up some comps. Which realestateabc.com is a real good website for looking up comparable solds in the neighborhood. And if you can find a couple in there that sold for 750, 790, and they're 1350 square feet, because that's small. Those bedrooms must yeah. be pretty small. Yeah. That, you know, so you know, if you can see things just like that though that are in there selling for those kind of prices, you know, see what the highest one sold for. That's that's in within a hundred square feet of that. And uh, you know, hopefully then you'll know a lot better what you know, if you have no high ones then you can always go back to the seller and say, look, you know, I've done the best research I can do, uh, the Zestimate. Now, do you know the Zestimate on this house? I think it's six. Uh, hold on. I just had it up. It was about 660, I believe. 660? Okay, so. Yeah,
0: we can't really count on Zestimate, but, but no. I, I will tell you that
1: yes, other people do. So always be aware yeah. of the Zestimate because the buyer knows the Zestimate, the seller for sure knows the Zestimate because they, yeah, the, exactly. they put the Zillow listing up there and they're staring at that Zestimate. So for sure the seller knows it, and especially if they're, you know, above the estimate, you've got like automatic justification right there. Well, gee, you know, the estimate is like $15,000 lower than what you're asking. So, you know, maybe could we just settle on uh, what if I paid you what, you know, the estimate was? Side. What if I paid you six sixty? Now that's that's after struggling to get a lot less than that. So you know, I want you to go in there pitching and saying, you know, what's the least you'll? I know what you're asking price is this. Now here's the line that you say. This is the exact word, and you say, if we work this out and close whenever you want, what's the least you'll take? so so okay. that 's the line everybody should be using on pretty houses when they 're trying to work out the purchase price the way you ask for it Now, this is on free and clear houses if it 's a subject to, then you 're saying you know will you sell it for what it's what you owe on it but on <clears throat> when you 're just a free and clear house like this, the way you come to the the first question you 're going to ask this guy is uh, and try to get them both on the phone by the way that 's very helpful. The husband and the wife, You'll yeah, say, the wife so yeah. If we yeah, if we work this out and close whenever you want. Remember, they want to close fast. Now, if you already know they want Mm -hmm. to close fast, you can say close fast, you know, or close right away. So if you, you know, but I don't want you saying if we pay cash, remember the line for ugly houses is if we pay cash and close quickly, what's the lease you'll take? Well, that's not the line for pretty houses because we're not paying cash when we're not necessarily Mm -hmm. closing quickly. Sometimes people don't want to close for like a month or two. So you do ask them that and then see what they say. And let's say he just sticks with oh I can't go under six seventy nine or six seventy five. Well, you know, Gee, that's when you would go for the zestimate at least. Well, Gee, you know, at least the zestimate's six sixty, you know, does that seems fair. Could you at least sell it to us for the zestimate? You know, and then okay. see what you can get. So the but asking price isn't as important sometimes as the rest of these terms. And the next yeah. term is the monthly payment. When you're working out a monthly payment on a free and clear house, this is kinda tricky. In this price range, you cannot work with percentages. If you guys are buying houses and it's a $150,000 house, maybe a $200,000 house, you can work it out at 4% amortized over 30 years and, you know, go on bankrate.com mm-hmm. and work the little numbers out and, and say, okay, mm-hmm. Mr. Seller, this is going to be, you know, you're going to give me 30 years with a balloon in 10 years or whatever, and this is going to be the payment, and that's 4%, and this is the payment, okay? Now, you can do that with those cheaper properties, but if you've got a property like this, Seven, you know, let's say seven hundred thousand. So if you got even four percent on seven hundred thousand, so four times seven is twenty-eight. So you're paying twenty-eight thousand dollars of interest per year, just in interest. So that's two thousand, what is that? You know, two thousand, twenty-five hundred a month. Yeah, yeah. So that's just yeah. pure interest. So that's why usually we don't get the interest involved and, and you know we don't start amortizing or anything in these higher priced houses. Yeah, and
0: if the seller says interest, you say interest, well,
1: we don't usually pay interest. <laughs> well, remember, this is a lease purchase now. If you're doing a lease purchase on it... Uh, you wouldn't even set it up this way anyway. you just try to figure out what the payments, look at the rent meter and look at those Craigslist listings and see, okay, I think this house could probably get 2900 Then you've got to get it for like 2500 and that's got to include taxes and insurance. Now, he doesn't include the taxes and insurance, so you've got to figure out what the taxes and insurance are. He doesn't have them included in a mortgage right now, so you've got to figure those out separately and then deduct them off the $2,500, let us say. Just hypothetically speaking.
2: So uh, uh, on a lease purchase, if I'm purchasing on a lease purchase, let's say I offer him $2,500 from my rent to him, then what, I have to uh, back out... Whatever the monthly taxes and insurance, well, no, because he's gonna. To
1: the, uh, you're, you don't yeah. own it, so he's got a. He's responsible for it. Okay. Whoever the, the easy way to remember this is: whoever's name is on the deed is paying the taxes and insurance. It, yeah. And sometimes they're okay. escrowed. In fact, most times, honestly, they're escrowed in with the mortgage. Now, in this case, with a house that's basically like free and clear with a home equity line on it, he's paying those taxes and insurance separately. So if he's leasing mm-hmm. it to you, which technically. When you're lease purchasing it, you're just a renter, but you have this other piece of paper that says you get to buy for this price for this this amount of time. Okay, so but you're as you know as a renter, you're gonna pay uh, the rent, and then he's gonna take and pay the taxes and insurance out of your payment. So you don't have to back anything out of the twenty five hundred. If you could get them, if you think you could get three, you know twenty nine ninety five a month. For this property, mm-hmm. after lo- doing some research, then you know you you'd say what's the least you could take per month, and he's gonna flop around like a fish on the dock. That's the hardest one for people to answer. They don't know how to answer it. They don't want to yeah. give too much away, and and then oh, you bomb, see yeah. if you if you don't give them any guidance, they'll come in like with some stupid number. They'll say oh it's four thousand yeah. a month. So sometimes you got to kind of help them with that one and. Uh, uh, you know, give them kind of a range or something like that, and sometimes you just got to guide them and you know if you could if you could maybe you could propose something like two grand a month. remember this is a free and clear house, and right now yes. uh, so he may not be thinking gee i 'm going to be making a ton of money off of this every month, so you know do some research yes. make sure you 're at least when you negotiate this thing, make sure you 're at least five hundred dollars under under what you think you can get for it okay so okay. then the next thing you got to figure out with him. Is the length of the term, how long you've got
0: and that's where we we usually like to say, um, Mr. Seller, we usually get thirty years
1: well, and a lease purchase okay. is a little different because if we're doing owner financing. Uh, now, all three, the big three ways you'd buy pretty houses is owner financing, subject to, and lease purchases. And the years kind of work out differently. Remember, if you're buying subject to, you don't say 30 years because you don't know how long the mortgage is, but it's probably not 30 years unless they just got it. It's probably got yeah. 24 years on it or something like that. So you say, yeah. you know, you're just going to pay the mortgage. Uh, for however many years is on it, but whenever you're figuring out owner financing, that's when you want to ask for 30 years if you can get you know, the most time you can get is obviously better. On uh, a lease purchase, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of tricky to ask for a 30-year lease purchase. Uh, usually what we'll ask for is a five-year term with a five-year renewal, and, and we just say basically a five-year term with one, with one renewal at our discretion. And so you write okay. it up in the paperwork as a 60-month lease with one renewal period of 60 months. Okay. So if you got 10 years on a lease purchase, that's a really long time. If they'll give yeah, you 10 sure. years on a lease purchase, uh, that's pretty dang good. Okay. Now let uh, me you ask
2: you should... this: if I can flip them to a um, sell them on a owner financing instead of a lease purchase, which yeah, yeah I'd rather get the title. So I understand why you're saying, you know, you can't be working with percentages while you're working out the monthly payments with, you know, such a, So
1: what you do there, uh, how you work out the monthly payment there for owner financing is you don't write anything under 2B in the contract. You don't write anything. In fact, you go in there, this is a Word document, and you delete the line that says, if interest applies, the interest rate shall be blank. You cut that line out. You don't have any mention of interest. All you do is you put in under 2B that you're going to pay them blank per month for blank months. So if you had five years and five, let's say he gave you a ten-year balloon, okay, on a thirty-year amortized mortgage, so you'd yeah. say, uh, you know, I'm going to pay you two thousand dollars per month for ten years, and th- that's how you'd write it, okay? And 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 now the the trick here is, then you have to ha- follow that up with how much credit do you get per month towards principal and interest? Principal, yeah. So, so now you can, you can be, thing? if you want to be super gutsy, you can try to just check principle and have the whole thing go towards principle. And on a free and clear house, if they would agree to that, you know, it seems kind of, you know, not the wisest thing, but if they would agree to that, then, uh, then you could do it, okay? <laughs> but usually, uh, you know, you're going to just indicate, uh, the way I would do it, if there's an underlying mortgage you you should write in there that the principal and interest are, are will be distributed according to the underlying mortgage's amortization schedule okay now, but since this is now this is there is a mortgage on this thing but it's insignificant that's that's not really the payments low and you don't pretend yeah. it's not even on there okay um okay. so you basically have to come up with a new number that's why that's you know getting the monthly payments important um so uh Basically, what you want to – okay, Lynette? Yeah. What, what's your input on this one?
0: Okay, well, basically, um, when you have um, – you were talking about the four deal points. So, obviously, we always have the seller make up to offer, and we like to get the deed or get the door, just like you said, Pat. Um, mm-hmm. That's our first strategy. But,
1: but if you're negotiating the monthly payments on owner financing, you just got to write in, and under principal and interest – Normally, what you'll write in there is what you think you can kind of get away with. Okay, so if you think if the payment's two thousand, you can write that you it'll be distributed. You know, you'll get credit for five hundred dollars per month, and you can you know that'd be that'd be pretty good if you paid them two thousand dollars per month and got credited for five hundred dollars towards principal. You can get a little bit more aggressive and say you know a thousand per month. I'll pay Payments of two thousand per month and a thousand of it goes towards principal, so you you kind okay. of figure out how you know how you wanna, how you want to write you. it out okay and that that is the trick of that that part of it is whatever your payment is, if you don't have an interest rate slapped on there and an amortization schedule which you can't really do in these more expensive properties, then you just got to put something in there of what what you're getting credit towards towards principal okay so now and the last yeah. Do yeah. you ever have any
2: questions about that? Yeah. Just so on the um, purchase and sale contract, I don't have it in front of me, but what did you say? That's line two B. So would, would I yeah. take out line two B, and then just say, let's say he'll take twenty five hundred. He, he wants a payment of twenty five hundred dollars a month, and let's say I can work it where a thousand dollars is going towards principal. Yeah, is going towards principal pay down. So it, on, instead of two B, in lieu of that would be
1: you know twenty yes, five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah, you'd write that in under 2B and then you would just take out the sentence about interest rate. Okay, I don't want you to write N-A. Don't write N-A in there. That's why typed contracts are really important. Remember, you can pull this stuff off the Goal Club, guys. These are under the resources section and you can pull the standard purchase and sale contract off of there. And then I want you to type it in there. It looks so much more professional when you walk in there with a typed contract. And uh, so that, that's really that's, that's a key thing. So basically, you can alter. And 1E is where it says the amount financed. Now, if you were buying this with owner financing, and you're, he's financing $650,000, uh, then you'd write that in 1E. And then every time you write something in 1E, you've got to write in 2B. 2B is sort of the explanation of 1E. And it says okay. how, how you're paying the money back. Okay, now okay. sometimes when we get no interest, no payment seller financing, we'll cut that whole section to B and just write in entire amount to be paid in full at cash out closing. So sometimes, you know, that's, that's when you get sweetheart financing from the seller with no payments, no interest.
0: We love that.
1: Yeah. Oh. Honey, you oh, know okay. what? we got oh. a bunch
0: of people on I'm sorry. Well, a lot of what what we're talking
1: about here applies to every every kind of deal. So that's why I like to go in depth a little bit on this one. And for down payment now, remember. I don't want you paying more, even though this is a hugely expensive house. And listen, guys, if you're trying to do an owner financing deal and the seller is saying, "Oh, I need 10 percent down, I need 20 percent down," because some, you know, somebody told them once that that's the way it should go, uh, mm-hmm. you just switch to the lease purchase strategy. Say, well, you know what? Uh, if sometimes we don't have, you know, we don't come up. With one. Um, so what, but if we, you know, if they have no flexibility on that, say, sometimes we can do a lease purchase and we can pay you first and last month's rent. And the funny thing is they'll switch over to that strategy. They'll say that's fine. And it's exactly the same terms, the same purchase price, the same payment, everything is the same. Just the paperwork is a little different. And they're, instead of asking for, you know, 40000 down, they're taking, you know, $2,500 down, lease purchase strategy. Okay. Cool. All great Thank questions, you so much. Pat. I can't it. wait yeah. to sit I'll down and guys. work on, work on some think. of those deals in a couple days. All
0: Thank right. you, Lynette. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, guys. You're welcome. It? Looking forward to seeing you. Okay, n- next in the queue, we have area code 860. Are you there? Hi, Lynette. How are you? Hi. Can you hear me? Hey. Uh,
5: hey, this is Dave from Connecticut. <gasps>
0: Well, hey Dave. hello Dave. How are you doing?
5: Good, good. I met you guys uh last year at Cherry Hill uh wow. for the uh, Fast Start and the uh Quick Start and I saw you guys uh on the alumni meeting down in uh Jacksonville last August. Oh cool. So, uh, great to talk uh, to you guys again. Are you going
1: to stop in in Cherry Hill in a couple of days?
5: Uh not this not this time. No. Nope. Okay. Couldn't All line right, it up. Your... I wanted to, but I couldn't line it up. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, so what's uh, what's your business look like right now?
5: Well, uh, today we just uh, closed on a a property subject to and um, installed our lease purchase buyer. It was kind of an interesting situation um, because it was kind of tough to find an attorney, but we did. And then he changed a little bit at the end, but it kind of worked out in the end. Uh, I wanted to use the land contract, the land trust contracts that you guys have on the uh, Gold Club. Right, And he, de- he determined not to use that, but we still put the property into a trust and, um, and named it after the, the, um, the people. Um, so it would go a little bit smoother. So, okay. Uh, well, bank, guys, you
1: know, sometimes attorneys have their ways of wanting to do stuff. Ron, make yeah. sure to tell people that it's a grantor revocable trust is what it is, a grantor revocable trust. And sometimes if people say, hey, do we do land trust or can you do land trust for me? The attorney's never heard of it, but he's heard of a grantor revocable trust. So guys, Yeah, that's you're what I
5: talked to him about.
1: Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay, so let's, uh, that's great. So you're, you're doing business, you're buying subject to, that's great. That's the best way to buy. And uh, yeah. where, did,
0: where did you get that lead from, Dave?
5: Believe it or not, that was a Gold Cup lead um, 15 months ago I got it.
3: And oh, my follow goodness. Follow-up, follow-up,
5: follow-up. Follow up. Oh. I
1: always talk about that. I always talk about, about follow-up. is so important. It, you know, it's funny because uh, I I was just at an event and I, and I was – Great student Gary from Jacksonville showed me. He and his beautiful wife Marion were there at the last event. He showed me uh, this chart, and it said, uh, Boy, I, I don't remember the figures exactly, but uh, paraphrasing. It said, you know, one out, of, you know, most salespeople will make one contact, okay, and and then you know, the really good salespeople make two, and really good ones make three, and you know, and then it says how many sales are made on the first contact, you know, very small amount, how many are made on the second contact, okay, now it's going up on the third contact, it's going up, but like on the fifth and sixth contact, it's like skyrockets up to like 75 percent, so that's the thing, if you can hang in there on these deals and keep calling people if the house doesn't sell they're still in the game and so that's great that you hung in there that long and oh god he up.
5: was he was a he was a no lead actually i brought him to cherry hill in the quick start real <laughs> school that i went to that's and uh, he was a no lead and i just kept calling him and then finally um when he was uh losing his mind he uh he reached out to me <laughs> Wow, See, <laughs> and then time, we picked up from there
1: ron says time and circumstances change sellers minds boy is that a, is that a truism on that one so that's a great deal. So it's a subject two, huh?
5: Subject two. It was a tough nut to crack because he had a high payment, and uh, but I, I managed it. So it worked out. It worked out pretty well. We closed today. So that's great. Yay. I'm happy well, to get where where is
0: uh <laughs> where is the testimonial letter? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <You just pulled laughs> the ink's still wet. Hey. Uh, the ink's See? still wet, so I can't do anything <laughs> just yet. I need some time. That's,
1: right. <laughs> that's funny. Well, great. So I have, Great job. And, guys, that's the thing, too, to to pay attention. What's the takeaway on that is that sometimes – uh, deals are hairy coconuts I talk about, you know, and sometimes they're a hairy coconut that other investors walk away from. But with Ron and us and all these techniques we're teaching you, it's like we gave you a machete so you kind of know how to chop that <laughs> coconut open. And sometimes it still takes a few whacks. This one took quite a few whacks before it busted open. But you guys, you know, you, sometimes you got to keep that persistence going. So great job on I kinda, uh, getting that deal. I,
5: I kind of did a reverse engineering, too, because I got it for quite a bit less than when I – uh, sold it for because he didn't owe that much on it. And, oh, um, see
1: now, see that's the payment the was high. That that's my other thing I was going to bring up, guys. You got to be a deal maker. There's four different we call them four pretty house deal points, and that's the four points we went through on that last call with Pat. So this, uh, and when you apply them to this deal, maybe the payments high. Maybe you have negative cash flow. Guys, do you think we have some negative cash flow properties? Of course we do. Absolutely. Yeah. If people give you twenty thousand, thirty thousand free equity. Is it worth it to maybe lose a little bit of money? If you lose three hundred bucks a month on a property, how much you lose in a year? Thirty six hundred bucks. So if you get you know twenty thousand down from your lease purchase buyer, and the seller gave you twenty five thousand free equity. Uh, boy, you know, you got to be a deal maker and realize, you know, hey, I can take a little negative cash flow in exchange for other great terms. So I, I assume that's what you're saying was the case on this. You got a really good deal on the purchase price.
5: Oh, a, a fantastic price on the purchase price. And then what I had to do was uh, I kind of worked it backwards. I, it was it was kind of a no-no with listing the, um, the rental amount, but I, I needed to sort out the suspects and, and just get the prospects. So I, I kind of listed it as uh, what the monthly payment would be as a lease option to see okay. how many people I could get. And then basically I put the price on the house to fit the m- monthly payment. Uh, so I'd have serious buyers in, in the area kind of um, linked towards the so towards. So what's your monthly
1: payment, you're asking?
5: Well, the monthly payment I owe is about 26 and I used the down payment assistant program, and I got it up to 3000 a month. So
1: you have somebody in there already now?
5: Yep, for $3,000 a month.
1: Wow.
0: Wow, that is fantastic. And
1: what's your spread on the purchase price and your sales price?
5: Uh, Without the down system assistance uh, payment program in there, it's about uh, $75,000.
1: Whoa, that's a great spread. Love it. What an awesome deal. That is great.
5: (laughs) But it took some time, but hey, it went through. (laughs) Yes. So did
1: you just get on this call to brag or did you have a question? (laughs)
5: <laughs> no, I actually sent in a, uh, sent in a lead sheet because I have a unique situation here trying to figure out what to do.
1: All righty. Um, well, give me the short a, version.
5: Sure, yeah. It's a, friend, um, yeah, a friend's family member. Uh, Hey guys, let me
1: stop right now because this is one of the most important things I will maybe say to you is that a lot of people's first deals come from their friends and family members. The second you have a nice business card with your picture on it and your nice website on there and your phone number and they can tell that you're serious, Start giving your card out to all your friends and family members and everybody at church and on the bowling league and everybody who hangs out with the, kid, you know, the kids, other moms and stuff. Start passing these cards out. And I'm telling you, that's how you will get your first deal a lot of times. And so just be cognizant of that. That's really important. And I'm talking about people having the best summer of their life coming up here. The, the key thing is you have that business card. I can't even talk about how important that is. You have that business card with the website, and the, and the phone number on it. That's what you need to succeed here.
0: So, Brian, uh, so Brian, I see uh, David's lead sheet here, and it's got the mortgages 139.7, and they said yes, they'll sell for what's owed. So you wouldn't really need to fill out that uh, that box um, because you're getting it with uh, nothing down and buying it for what's owed and whatever's left on the mortgage, Dave?
5: Correct, yeah, nothing down, take over the payments, um, take over the, you know, um, so what's the, the unique part of subject. this deal? Well, what's the um, twist here? The twist is uh, a couple things. Um, it's, in, it's right next to a college, so it could be you know, a good rental property if I really want to do that for college students. Sure. But I'd rather just sell it because I don't really want to be a um, long-distance landlord because it's about 45 minutes away from my house. Um, the other thing is the person who owns it, uh, she inherited it from her father. It was her and her father. Okay. And she needs to get back into uh, low income housing. So she really prefers to sell it. And that's why I was thinking about taking it over subject to, instead of a lease purchase. And, um, and I wanted to know, um, since I'm having a little bit of an issue with my attorney, I got to find another one. And this needs to happen for her fast because she's only got one more payment and then she's not going to be able to afford the house. Um, my attorney really prefers to do lease purchases and, um, I talked to him about the grantor revocable trust. So my my concern is doing it the right way for her uh, so she can get back into low-income housing. But the other thing is my my big concern is not to ruin her credit. We need to do something fast. Uh, So that was the concern.
1: Uh, Well, how saleable is this property? I mean, do you think you're going to find somebody very quickly to uh, occupy this property?
5: Oh, I believe so. It's it's actually nice. it I got a two-car garage. It's three bedroom, yeah. two and a half bath. But one of the bathrooms is in the basement, so it's, I'm not really too keen on it. It's a it's not a bad location. It is on a well, busy okay, street. Well, okay, so you're location.
1: just re, let me. Uh, maybe I'm not understanding exactly what your question is. So, what is pl- stopping you from closing the deal exactly? Um, uh, do you need a new attorney who will maybe do a yeah, subject I to? it, too?
5: Yeah, because, I mean, he just did the subject to for me, but he said that, you know, in the state of Connecticut, they just changed the law in July where, you know, our our, um, land trust that the Gold Club has doesn't really work very well. He doesn't like it, and he prefers to do, you know. Well, I mean, is he okay if you bought
1: a subject to and just used your LLC?
5: Yeah, that's what he prefers.
1: Okay, well, I mean, yeah, I, listen, uh, yes, we would like you to, if that's holding up the deal, then I would buy it in your LLC, but also I would try to find another attorney who's a little, you know, but look at the law because laws do get passed sometimes that kind of can change the way we do things. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I would ask him for the statue and the code in what he's referencing.
5: Yeah, no. yeah I'm going I'm I'm to see him at the RIA group meeting. Next okay. month, and I did ask him to bring me that because he's the, he's the RIA group attorney. Oh, that's perfect recommend. then. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's That's great. why I was surprised he had a little bit of an issue. I'm like, really? Haven't you done these before? He's like, yeah, I just prefer not to.
1: Yeah. Well, and they don't want to have headaches coming back at them either. So, um, But, yeah, all right. Well, that's what I would do is I'd just take it the next step and try to see if you're going to do it with an LLC or try to figure out some other way to do the trust. But don't let the deal slip away. And uh, that's advice to everybody. Don't wait around. I want everybody, the the five things you need to get set up right away are your phone number, your website, your LLC, and your Facebook page, and your business cards. So get all that stuff up as fast as possible. Uh, But, you know, uh, if you you don't have all that stuff set up, you're just not ready to go. So I know I've repeated that a couple times, but that's really important. Do you have all that stuff in place right now?
5: Absolutely. I got everything through Ron. The Dream solution uh,
0: Perfect. that
5: he has there, it's fantastic. The websites are great. The flyers are like a no-brainer.
0: It's wow, very great. easy.
5: It made selling the house I just did very easy. I, I utilized all the tools awesome. that I got through Ron. That's great to hear.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. The DreamS website is so affordable for everything that you get. It's unreal.
5: Oh, yeah. It's very good. Uh, so like taking the house uh, with an lLC the due on sale clause it's not that big of a deal because I know that's what well, preventing the due on the land sale trust.
1: clause sometimes people try to dodge this due on sale clause by buying it in a trust and and making it look like the family that's living in there and they 'll even use the family's name in the trust, who is the prior owner. sometimes that's a little dicey you've got to get an attorney and you've got to get a plan okay and you've got to get an attorney that has that's basically on the same page. We were just at this uh, event with Ron called Structuring Your Empire and he had two different attorneys there and one of them was up on stage with them all day and a lot of it is you know trying to figure it out and what's the best plan that's going to afford the most anonymity and the most protection and basically you're trying to establish something that gives you the most layers between you and potential danger. Okay so a lot of times people will say that's why LLCs were created So if you have the LLC, that's sufficient, you know, that should be sufficient protection. Uh, However, uh, if you have a land trust and if you have an attorney that's cool with it, uh, you know, that does give you another layer in there and can be can just obfuscate and muddy the water so the attorney says, oh, I don't want to fight some land trust and then go after the LLC or whatever. So you might just – sometimes, you know, that's enough to just make it a little more difficult. Uh, However, that doesn't mean that the land trust can't get sued, and then you'd lose whatever's in the land trust, which would be just that house. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, but – you know, guys, I just don't, I, there are some people where they can't find an attorney or their stay is weird or something who are, you know, buying stuff with an LLC and they're a member or a manager of the LLC. So that is another way that you do get some protection. Um, so be aware of that as well.
0: Well, this, this is awesome. Thank you for sharing, David.
1: Yeah, and really good oh, job. Will. Great deals. And do we have a testimonial letter from you? Let's, let's get it. You're doing great out there, and I don't know if we've heard it.
0: Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Yes, yes. At one of the events. Much. Absolutely. Plan, plan your next event. I will. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks
1: for being on the call today. All right, great job.
0: Next, we have um, area code 334. Oh, hi.
6: This is Scheme.
0: Oh, yes, you sent in a bunch of lead sheets. Yeah. How do you say
6: your first name? Abiola. That's just how it looks.
0: Abiola. Is that right? Yeah. Did we – where did we meet you before?
6: Um, I was at a Quick start, uh school, like, mid-April in Seattle. Oh, yeah, in Seattle. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, Aviola, uh, I remember seeing you there. Do you have... Uh, Let's,
0: see. Let's see, we got one, two, looks like you have, how many leads total?
1: Let's pick out the best um, one.
6: I think it's mean three. Is yeah, there, there's three. There really
1: good, guys, when you're pre-screening your leads, the first thing you want to look for is a yes. Obviously, a yes indicates that they're willing to do something with terms. Then you want to look mm-hmm. at the spreads and hopefully... You know, figure out what this estimate is, figure out what the comps are, and hopefully they're asking prices at low you know is a you have a positive spread there meaning they're asking less mm-hmm. and then the third thing to look at is the notes, and the notes a lot of times will really tell you the story of what's going on with that seller so which out of the leads that you turned in, do you have one that you think is the better lead like your best lead um, there mm-hmm. Lynette are I like you yeah looking at those? I like the
0: one. I like the one they said yes they would do uh owner financing or lease purchase uh the mortgage is 250,000 they're asking 795 Oh am I reverberating?
1: No, you sound fine to me. Okay, good. Okay,
0: um, good. Do you see that one?
6: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um Okay, let us stop. <laughs>
1: Okay, so they're asking they'll either do owner financing or a lease purchase. What is this in Washington? Where is this one?
6: Yeah, it's in Washington state.
1: Okay. Now remember folks, uh one thing that you need to calculate into the decision is that uh, there's closing costs, and so when you 're going to buy a property, if you decide that you 're going to buy it subject to or with owner mm-hmm. financing and actually take the deed into your company's name or your name you know uh, what, through whatever means you take that property mm-hmm. into you own it you 're going to have to pay some transfer taxes now in Washington state, they have excise taxes they 're about one point eight percent. So that means on a property that's $800,000 property, you're looking at 15000 almost something in that ballpark of closing costs. So that's, that's a big number. And so some folks, mm-hmm. and some folks even in Florida, and I know we were talking to some, uh, Dave was in Connecticut there, that's another thing you want to be conscious of what your closing costs are in your state. And so sometimes, like in Washington, a lot of our students will defer to a lease purchase strategy, especially in these higher-priced properties. Uh, you, you're not as locked in. And Now, if they're willing to give it to you, if, if they say, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, deed it over to you, and it has a bunch of free equity in it, like if they're willing to – what's their asking price again, seven ninety five?
6: Um, Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: 7 dollars And what do you think – what comps do you have and what's his estimate? Um, can you pull this up honey?
0: uh, yes, there is no estimate, no comps, no rental meter, no real estate ABC. can you type it in there on,
1: on the pillow?
0: yeah, let me type it in on okay. um, real estate I'll go to real estate a b c real
1: fast all right let me let me tell you guys here's the thing I want you to just be able to type these things into Zillow. That's the most important. Right when you get a lead, any kind of lead that looks promising at all, especially anything that's a yes lead, the first place you're going to go to do your research is Zillow. It's a Zillow world out there now, and you better catch up with it. They, they are dominating the market. It's like the MLS for everybody. It used to be that only agents, real estate agents with a license, could access this kind of information, and they did it through the multiple listing service, the MLS. Now it's like Zillow is out there, and that's like the MLS for everyone. Combine that with how good realestateabc.com, how well they display the comps. They have a really nice grid pattern, and you can just all the comps by square footage and you can look at just the ones that are close in square footage to yours and see what they sold for. It's a really easy way to look up comps fast and Real Estate ABC also will publish the estimate. They're somehow tied with Zillow. I don't know exactly how, but also when you go on Zillow, Zillow is important because it gives you lots of great information. And here's the tip. Here's the big tip on Zillow, guys. Get on Zillow right away when you find a good property. It's so easy. You type in the address. Half the time, you got the numbers in there and the first letter of the street name, and it pops. That's how how good this is. And so you just pull up the property. Sometimes it shows pictures, but it gives you a bunch of information. The first thing to look at in that little grouping of information down there is days on market. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you look at is how long has this property been around. If it's over 30 days... I'm encouraged. If it's under 30 days or if it's like 7 days, that's not so great. Okay, and that, that's going to tell you all a ton about the property. <laughs> then after you do that, go down, and this is the, one of the most important things I'm going to say again, guys. Go down under where it says price slash tax history. And that's a little tab that you have to click on to open up. That will tell you the entire story of that house. Well, not the entire story. But and you a-
0: know what, honey? Um, uh, Brian, on this one, um, they actually just put it on Zillow 5718. Real Estate ABC says it's worth $800,000. Okay. And they're asking 795.
1: What's the Zestimate? Zestimate is
0: 795. 795.
1: So they're asking the Zestimate. Now, if they the the thing that uh, sometimes usually when they've just listed like this like a week, you know, they, you don't know how open they are or flexible on lease purchase or whatever strategy. But if they've already said yes, then that's encouraging, even though they're very mm-hmm. short days on market. Usually, guys, they're not going to deal on price much if the property is days on market's real short. And you know when you talk to them, you'll get a sense of how active, how much activity on the property there's been. Now let me just finish this. When you go under price slash tax history and you click on that, Lynette, if you click on that, when was the last time the house was sold? I want you guys to look that up because that's going to tell you a lot about that house. Um,
0: It was it was actually Mm -hmm. sold on 9-3-2016 for 698.
1: Okay, now that tells us a lot. Okay, so it was sold for they're not even asking for a lot more than what they paid for it. They're basically asking for the same thing they paid for it, and they bought it uh, about Well,
0: they're asking a hundred thousand more.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right, they're asking seven ninety. yeah, okay, so they're asking a hundred thousand more than they paid for it, and they bought it two years ago, two years ago. All right, now they may have done a bunch of work on it. And so you don't know that, or uh, maybe they're just hiking it up because prices have been going up, and they think they can get 100 grand more than what they paid for it. Now, so that's now if they've been living in there for the whole time in the two years, you have to live in a property two years to be able to cash out of that property and not pay taxes on whatever money you made. So if they've been living mm-hmm. in there for two whole years, they actually can keep whatever profit they make, you know, if they cash out right now. Now, so there's a lot of different factors that play into this. And I want the Zillow will tell you so much though. Now, if we didn't know when they bought it and what they paid, we're in the dark. So you, before you make this call, it's so easy to look it up.
0: You'll, well, but you know, with that being said, honey, right? We always say, "What's the least um, right. you'll sell the house for?" And right. you know, the least you'll take monthly. So.
1: And if you have really bad no leads, I don't know. I, I still, I, I you know, you pay for every lead you get, even the no leads. I, I'm not totally adverse to you unless you're just buried in leads and you're not you know able to keep up uh, I'm not adverse to you even popping on Zillow, even on the no leads and just checking out the story and trying to say, oh, maybe there is isn't in here. Maybe, maybe you know, there's a, there's a way to figure this deal out and get this person what they need even though they said no the first time around. Remember a lot of times when they say no, it's just because they didn't understand the question. They didn't understand when the BA said, well, you know, are you willing to take payments for your equity over time or, you know, whatever, however they ask it. And they, they might be kind of confused and so they just say no. So you don't know that they for sure said no that's right okay so what's the question on this particular deal
0: well we need more information Um, we know the mortgage is 250 we don't know what their PITI is Um, we do know the comps now and uh, so we need to get the seller on the phone and see you know what's the least they'll sell us a house for what's the least uh, I'd like to know that payment so I can just let them know that I'll go ahead and make that payment for them Uh, P-I-T-I, and then, of course, we usually put nothing down. Oh, if you want, you know, and they say, oh, I need something down. Well, if we were going to put a little something down, what's the lease you would take? And then we're going to get as long as we can on the term. Tell them we usually get a three-year term and negotiate the monthly, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, Aviola, did you have a specific question about this deal?
6: Yeah, because I was trying to figure out which option to go with, if to go with lease option or, I after. would go
1: with this price mm-hmm. range unless you have. Uh, they're not giving you a big deal. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. what's this estimate again, honey? Six, seven, ninety-five. It's about what they're asking, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. they're not giving you some big, huge equity screaming deal. So I wouldn't be all mm-hmm. fired up to buy it and put my name on it because it's going to be real expensive. So I would do a lease purchase closing call on this. And usually Aviola on these higher priced ones, I would stick with the lease purchase. That would be my first approach. And in your area, most of these properties are up over 500. So that would probably be my usual approach. Unless... The property, you know, unless it was the estimate was 700 and they were asking 600 If there's, you know, if they're given a good deal, if they're given a lot of free equity, then, you know, or if we have to do a bunch of work on it. If, if there's money in it, but it would require, you know, 20 grand in work, you don't usually want to do work on a property. Guys, if you were listening earlier, I talked about this before, mm-hmm. but you don't usually want to do a bunch of work on a property. You're only lease purchasing. Uh, so then you would want to own it as well.
0: And, okay. and your other two leads are the same thing as far as um, they're asking pretty much what the property is worth. We either need price yeah. or terms, and so since both of them, I mean all three of your leads, they're pretty much asking retail. Um, and
1: that's okay. Guys, you can pay retail all day long if, they're, if they don't want a bunch of money down. And guys, how much do you think you could get down on a lease purchase on a $700,000 house? You know, hopefully
0: 70000 or, yeah. Yeah,
1: you're going for about 10% yeah. down. So you can make a huge amount of profit on these things, even if you don't get much of a spread. Just make sure you save the amount of money that you get in the bank, you know, if you have to bring it into closing later. But uh, that these could be good deals, but I'll be alive. Your probable, you know, usual approach should be a lease purchase with sellers. Okay.
6: Okay? And with with, um, with this one, there's a note on the page on the bottom of the page um, it says that there's an adult family home and they have uh there are four clients, so they get a uh, revenue per month of like sixteen k to eighteen k oh
1: uh, okay they honey can you see that uh, they're getting eight sixteen to eighteen k a month from what? From this it's
3: house?
6: Some sort of like family home, Yeah. So they have um like licensed clients. I don't know how it was, but maybe they pay them a fee to rent the house or to work from the house?
1: Okay, so this is a it's a short term rental property that they have a management company running and they're making seventeen thousand dollars a month off of it. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Yeah, they're saying fifteen uh, to 18000 per month.
1: Okay. Well, obviously that kind of changes the complexion of this deal. If this is an income-producing property like that, this is going to be a little bit different. So uh, this it, this is a business. So this is a little bit different. When you guys are looking at Airbnbs or rental, short-term rental properties, then you have to take a few other things into the equation. But yeah, if try to get the lease purchase just like we talked about, see if they okay. could if they're willing to lease purchase it to us, then we can turn around and even keep the same uh strategy and the same management company in place.
0: Right, right.
1: But you know, ask them why they're trying to why you know, The question would be if the management company is handling it well and it's essentially no effort on their part, why are they looking to sell it? And maybe it's, you know, there could be lots of reasons for that. Well,
6: let say they're retiring or relocating. So maybe they were doing self management. It could be. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. that could be, sure. Okay, well, great. So you got a good approach on these deals now, all right?
0: Awesome. There. All right, thank you. They all look like good deals. Thank you for calling in.
6: Thank you.
1: Yep, good job.
0: Okay. Next in the queue, we have area code 310. Say hello and where are you from?
1: Hi, guys.
0: Hi.
4: Who hello. is this? How are you? This is Don Williams.
1: Hey, how are you doing? I'm oh, doing good. Nice to finally talk to you guys.
0: Hi. Yes, it's great to hear from you.
4: I met you guys once before in Los Angeles at a, uh, I think, at a uh, four-day event that you guys had here in Riverside, actually.
0: That's right. That was in January, the Quick Start Real Estate School. That's where we saw you? That
4: is, that's where you saw me.
0: Awesome. So what's your business been like since then?
4: Well, um, we had some health issues going on, but we started all over again. So we got a couple deals in the queue. And I think I sent in one lead sheet. Do you guys get that one?
0: Let's see here. I'm looking for it. What's the seller's name?
4: Uh, uh, Don Williams. Well, actually, that's my name. That's what I put. I did not put her name on the lead sheet. I apologize.
0: Okay, yeah. Let's run through the important numbers here.
4: Okay. Basically what it is, um, it's a property that's value is about $1.6
0: we like that price range.
4: <laughs> okay. And uh, she has a ton of equity, too, uh, but she has a couple of issues. The first mortgage is $370,000. The payment is about $2,300 a month, including PITR. There's a second mortgage of 400000 It's a private hard money and that balloon payment came due two months ago. So she's just starting the foreclosure process. They just received an NOD, I think, on Friday. Okay?
1: How much is that loan for?
4: The second hard money is for 404000 as total payoff.
1: Okay. All right, so what's the seller looking to do?
4: She wants to sell... Um, you know, initially, I'll then give her like uh, 1.3, and she was going to carry paper. All she wanted was enough to pay off her credit card, which is, and to live on for about a year, but she is 81 years old, so I do have to give her something to live on, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
7: She's
4: going to carry a note for 12 to 14 months for about 450000
1: And so wh- And how much is she looking for down then? And what was Jeez, the purchase total. price? The purchase price, $1.3 on a $1.6 million house, that's not some, you know, it, it seems like a lot, you know, 300000 in free equity, but a lot of times, you know, the market's kind of soft in that price range sometimes, and, you know, this right. house is not jumping off the shelf. I don't know how the house shows or, you know, how big it is or anything, but, mm-hmm. us- you know, usually you get a house like this and, uh, you know, if you really want to get some free equity, I'd, I'd want to see closer to a million, but I don't know, does the house need any work or is it perfect?
4: No, the house is beautiful. She's been there for 30 years, but she has always been like you know, updating it, remodeling it. And it's got like a new kitchen it's got vaulted ceilings that have been whitewashed. Um, gorgeous property. A okay. And bath, okay. So how much would system.
1: you have to come up with down?
4: Well, the only thing I can do is probably I have to find someone to pay off the hard money loan because that's in foreclosure, and it's a balloon payment that came due two months ago for so the whole balance of due.
1: Uh, what's the monthly payment on that? Can you renegotiate that? You
3: Sometimes you can I go to hard to? money.
1: I don't, well, how does she have a hard money loan on it when she lived in the house uh, that long? Somebody
4: took. What happened uh, wh- was they took, they, so somebody took advantage of it, you're exactly right.
1: Uh, well, how much is the interest rate on it? 4%. 4%. 12 12. Oh,
7: 12%. Oh, jeez. Yeah,
1: okay, well, yeah, you you need uh, okay, well, if if you paid that off for 440 uh and what's the other mortgage? 379 or something?
4: 370 exactly. Three hundred seventy. Okay.
1: Uh 440. So so you'd need about 800 if you were going to pay them both off. Uh so that's not unreasonable for a hard money loan if the property value was, I mean, or for some kind of private loan. You, we would need to put together some serious money, though. You'd have to you'd have to raise about a million probably to to buy this house and then uh, and then see she doesn't. Uh, that would just pay her off. She'd have to carry everything above that. So if you were going to pay her 1.3, you know, you'd have to figure out how much of a loan you can get. You'd probably need, like I said just to pay off the debt on
5: Okay.
1: I, I'm not I'm saying this is I impossible. Listen. You know, I'm not saying that the 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 trick here is being able to raise a bunch of private money. Now, if you're in the mentoring program, we do have a bunch of private money sources. Some of you guys on the mm-hmm. phone call are in the mentoring program, and we do split deals with students who are in that program, and we do do bring in the money.
0: Yeah, yeah. If we're on the ground, it's going to be the least of your worries.
1: Yeah, so let me ask you real let
4: me ask you real quick if you don't mind just as uh, far as what I was thinking was if I can get someone like if I can basically assign my contract or try to put some some kind of axe deal together on this is let them just basically pay off the $400,000 hard money and take the first over subject two.
1: Is she okay with and you taking a like, subject two? Have you asked her about that?
4: Yeah, she's fine with that.
1: Okay, so if you could take the first uh, subject to, and the payment's, what, what did you say, 2200 or something?
4: Exactly, P.I.T.I.
3: yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, that's a pretty good payment. So if you could take the first subject to and have someone, here's the other thing you can do. Guys, people forget about this deal, but you can do an option deal if you need to come up with a bunch of cash or cash somebody out and they won't give you terms, you can always just get it under a purchase and sale contract for the best price you can, write it up as a cash sale, get 90 days, and then go bring it to the market and see if you can find somebody who will pay you in cash. So on a deal like this, maybe if if you could get it under you know contract for 1.3 and then you could turn around and put it out on the market for 1.45 or or something and sell it for 1.4, you know, you might have a nice profit in there, and it would be a cash sale, which you basically make all your money right away. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the other approach. But I like the fact you could take that second, the the first subject too. And anytime you can get some nice financing, you don't want to throw mm-hmm. it away. But uh, you know, you do have to come up with a huge amount of cash to pay off that hard money second, and you got to come up with it quick. Exactly.
4: the only thing that's enticing to me was she has a first of three seventy, and she'll take a note. Well let's say four fifty for twelve to fourteen months. So once they get started to get involved and pay off that four hundred thousand, if they get involved and get it for themselves, then they would basically make probably about three thousand to thirty two hundred dollars in monthly payments on a lease option. So yeah, there's money in this. I
1: mean there, there's definitely enough. money in this deal. I just it's a matter of, you know, figuring out what she's willing to do and coming up with a bunch of money the trick is coming up with a bunch of money and paying off that hard money and having that not wreck the deal have whatever deal that you get on the new money not blow up the monthly payment so that's that's the trick here if you can do that then this could be a real profitable deal and sometimes guys it's worth it to bring in an equity partner if you know somebody who has a bunch of money or access to a bunch of money tell them look i wouldn't have this deal unless you can come up with a whole bunch of money uh, so if you come up with a bunch of money, I'll split the profit 50-50. And so sometimes that's the way you split it out. But if you can get money, if you can find a private lender who will do it for, you know, 6% or 8% or something, then obviously that's cheaper.
4: Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's why I called you guys. You guys ready? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good, good uh
1: Good deal. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool, cool.
4: And then... Um, Basically, so if... Because I, I did talk to the private investor today just to yeah. see what he would say as far as uh, the foreclosure. Sure. And he would say... He said if I'm interested, he would rescind the foreclosure to take it off her back because I said she's stressed out because she's 82 years old and she's crying because she's going to lose her house.
1: This is I the said, hard money lender the with house, the 440 dollars so. yeah. dollar second. Okay, right. well, if he, he, if he, he is... It, uh, yeah, you would think that the guy would have a heart in the fact that the lady's really old. And plus, well... Yep. Although maybe he doesn't have a heart, because if he's the one who set this thing up in the first place, this was a ticking time bob from the time it was set up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Right. I don't understand it. You're but right. that should be that's why we have some regulation in the banking industry. They don't let old ladies get taken advantage of like this. I don't know how this happened. But at any rate, let's see if we can help her out. Try to okay. work this deal and, you know, try to make it work out.
7: Sounds and
0: good. I will yeah. definitely do
1: that. Good job
4: fantastic hearing from you thank you for taking the time to uh to help me i appreciate it
0: thank you okay i think we have time okay. for two more here we have uh ben hi ben
3: hey how are you this is sarin <laughs> <laughs> hi sarin how are you well, i'm doing well annette thank you hi. i just have a real quick i want to just run back over something i talked with uh with, uh, my mentor about it at the last meeting, just to make sure I'm on the right page. We had, uh, a uh, Fizbo sign we'd called out of a yard and, uh, the girl told us that she would sell it for what she owed on it. Plus just a little bit of move money for her next mortgage. Okay. to to move out. And, uh, then when we took it to our lawyer and had the, uh, uh, the you know, the property ran to check her title and stuff. She had another $15,000 mortgage on it through uh, Cherokee Nation. I'm not sure if you guys are, are familiar with how uh, the grants and things work in Oklahoma. But
7: right. I it's guess a, it would
3: be kind of like a VA loan or something. But yeah, but they they'll give you grants to go toward purchasing a home or updating your home, and you have to stay in that home a certain number of years. If you move out or sell it before then, and then all of it's due back immediately. Yeah. And so, okay, that was due. It will be due in, on August the fifteenth. And so, I think what I need to do then.
1: So wait, what you're saying is if she lives in there past August fifteenth, she doesn't owe that money back.
3: Right. Okay, and, well, you can't I,
1: close and transfer title then until after that.
3: Okay, so if they were wanting to try to move out by July the 1st, yeah, do I fine. just... that's
1: fine. That's fine. You can actually go ahead, close on it right away. This is just the paperwork. This is just shuffling paperwork around the right way. Okay, there's an addendum for, there's addendums for everything, and if there's not, you can write a new one, or your attorney can. So what okay. you'll do is you'll just buy this. You may delay the recording of the deed until after a certain date. You should have, do you have an attorney yet who can help you? Yes, we do. Okay, well, you're just, that's the first place you should go. Say, look, here's the situation. They need to technically, and, you know, this might be, they might require them to make the payments or something. I mean, don't, you know, because sometimes these, programs are kind of regulated strictly. Mm-hmm. you got to be mm-hmm. careful how you do it. So it may be important that they get two more checks sent from that entity and you don't have your entity sending the checks starting before August, basically. Okay, okay that makes um,
3: sense. Yeah, Should, and, um, well, I've taken title in a deed. What I thought about doing um, well, you could always do a lease
1: purchase well here here's see that's that 's the rules of this thing. If the rule is that they have to own it for three years uh, but not necessarily live in there, then you could go ahead and just buy it on a lease purchase and then just uh, go ahead and close on it after August fifteenth and just <laughs> execute your option basically so you could mm-hmm. write it up as a lease option with the same terms that you would buy it for. Or, like I said, you could just write it up as a purchase and sale and just uh, delay the transfer of the deed, just write an addendum and say deed to be transferred, blah, blah, blah. But now your attorney's got to be good with this. That's the thing. And, And, you know, depending on how the rules are written on this kind of thing, there may be a special way that he knows how to do it, you know, for Oklahoma. So that's why mm-hmm. you want to follow his advice and, and tell him, you know, this is what we're trying to accomplish. They want to move out in July. Technically we need to show that they have residence in the property or that they're making payments or whatever through August 15th. So how do we do it? yeah, you know, okay.
3: and, and the, uh, the trust is something that I had a question on here. If we went ahead and scheduled a closing like for this week, our lawyer said we could close this week on it. Uh, but, and, and he was fine with us laying, um, you know, recording of, of the deed, but we just learned about all this wonderful trust things and LLCs and all this at our last meeting. So if I'm wanting to take this in a trust, uh, I could just like put, you know, so-and-so family trust. And I thought about just kind of leaving it in that family trust name and then, and then just hold that. Is that what I should do? Just hold it then until... Maybe
1: Uh, the 1st of September to file it? I I, uh, just be careful that you don't file anything on public paperwork that's going to uh, show a transfer of ownership prior to whenever they need to be out. And this is really an attorney question too, guys. Normally we don't go this deep into this stuff, but you really need to talk to your attorney about how to structure this exactly. But again, you could do a lease purchase or you could delay the transfer in some fashion with an addendum. Okay. 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 But oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure you're going to work it out. It's a good deal, you know. But just make sure you don't, you know, mess it up.
3: Okay. All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Okay. It was Great really nice you.
3: seeing you in Florida. <laughs> you too, Lynette. Thank you, guys, so much. Thank okay. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Okay. We got here. Is our last question? Area code three one zero. Say your name and where you're from.
7: My name is Rosa. I'm from New York. Hi, Rosa. Hi, Rosa. Hi, how are you?
1: We're doing great. What question do you have for us tonight?
7: I have I have a couple of questions. Uh, property owner wants to do owner finance. Now, my question is, uh, am I not having enough for down payment on owner finance? I'm trying to see what is my next option.
1: That was we actually talked about that a little earlier. I norm, normally if people are asking for a lot of money down. On an owner financing, sometimes someone just told them they're supposed to get 10% down or 20% down. And it's a number that's stuck in their head, so they might just be asking for that. The first question I always ask when somebody asks for a number like that is, I say, "Why? Why? Why do you need that much down?" So why do you need 10% down or why do you need 20% down? If they say, well, I just think that's how much you're supposed to get when you do owner financing, then that's not a very good reason and maybe you can get them to change it. But if they say, I need that money to pay off three bills and I need 10000 to buy the next house, then you know you don't have an, as much wiggle room. So. Uh, but if if it's just like I said, they're plucking the number out of the blue. Sometimes you can say, well, look, here's how we do it. You know, and we usually pay little or nothing down. What's the least you could take down? And maybe they'll come off that price a little bit. If they won't, that's when you switch to the lease purchase strategy. You say, look, um, I can understand that if we were going to own the house, we'd pay. You'd want us to pay, you know, some larger amount down, like you were saying, 10% down. But uh, one to, a lot of times the way we'll buy a property, and I think the way we would probably buy yours, is a lease purchase. And with a lease purchase, usually we just put like first and last months down up front. So do, would that work okay? And then if they say yes to that, then you have a low down payment.
7: Okay, okay Rosa? Uh, I, I kind of like the lease purchase because it, it we
1: would, would have to
7: come up with less money. That is, yes. that is the, the key. The key thing to
1: that. Yes, it's a much cheaper clothes, and so a lot of you guys who don't have a lot of extra cash, you know, right now, going in, uh, lease purchase is a lot cheaper clothes in most states. Okay. What was your other okay. question, Rosa?
7: Yeah, with a lease purchase, I have to do a closing on it, right?
1: You have to do what?
7: Do I have to do closing on the no, lease yes. purchase?
1: Well, now technically, guys, you, the, you're going to have your. Uh, you you should be doing a, a, an attorney closing with these. Usually, an attorney closing, depending on where you live, shouldn't be more than three hundred to five hundred dollars. I know it seems like a lot. Uh, there's nothing notarized in that lease purchase package, but it just helps protect you and it helps protect the seller and everything if you have an attorney involved. So yeah, that's our recommendation. One last tip on lease purchases, guys. Don't forget to run title. Just because you're not taking ownership of the house, you might think, oh, gee, I don't need to run title. I'm not going to transfer ownership. You will be transferring ownership, though, sometime in the future. So you better run title because if there's something weird on there that's going to mess up the deal later, you better know about it now before you put somebody in there and promise them they can own that house.
7: That's a really good point. Okay, so great questions, Rosa. If I do I I see a couple of more questions. If I okay. do lease lease purchase, how quick can I put a tenant uh, tenant owner in there?
1: Well if you if the house is vacant, uh, what we like to do is a we like to do a big one hour open house on the very first weekend that we can show the house. So we like to get a big one hour open house from two o'clock to three o'clock on Saturday and advertise it and put tons of signs out advertise it on Zillow and Craigslist and everything, and then we try to find somebody for the house the very first weekend. Now, we get their non-refundable option deposit that very first weekend, and that's your first paycheck in a deal. Obviously, you're not getting paid when you're buying from the seller, the very first paycheck you get in the deal is once you get the deal from the seller, you can show the house, and then the buyers come and say, I love it, here's a check for 20000 or whatever. So that's basically if you, you know, get a good house and it's vacant and ready to show right away. Uh, we just bought a house on Sunday when we had an open house uh, 13 days later on Saturday, and we sold it for 50000 down. So it took us 13 wow. days on that one. So it can happen pretty fast. You're buying pretty houses here. You don't need three months of rehab on these houses. They're ready to go.
7: Now, if the, if the seller insists on owner finance, what is the cheapest way I can do this?
1: Well, if if someone wants you to do owner financing, so long as the down payment isn't very much, uh, but depending on what state you live in, the, the uh, closing Okay, uh, you know what? New York's actually not as bad as you think. Um, It's not. uh, We just had a student bring this up, and New York isn't too bad. If they want to do owner financing, and if you have no money to afford a closing at all, Sometimes you've got to bring an equity partner or you've got to you know, borrow some money or put some money on a credit card or something to just get one to get that deal done. but usually, guys uh, you know if, if you have no money for a closing and you can do a lease purchase deal, that's a very cheap close. so
7: Now this is my, my biggest issue here is I need to go and study how to do owner finance and this lease purchase option. Number one, uh, the form that I'm going to need. How do I structure this deal? That is one of my major concerns that I need help with. Where can I go to learn this?
1: The best place to learn all this stuff is at that Quick Start Real Estate School. Or if you're a member of the Gold Club, there's lots and lots of training. So you can actually go under resources and go under owner financing, and you can watch a ton of training on owner financing and a ton of training direct from Ron on lease purchases too. So there's lots of training on the Gold Club, but the very best training is if you come see us live at the Quick Start Real Estate School.
7: Yeah, because I'm, I, need to, I need to, I haven't speak to the seller. I need to speak to the seller, but I'm trying to prepare myself so that I say the right thing because I don't have much experience in this.
1: That's right. And we don't want you to make a mistake, so that's why we want to make sure you get trained. So that's good advice for everybody, guys, to get the best training. So come see us at some live event as soon as you can. Yeah,
0: actually, we're going to be at the Quick Start Real Estate School. Tomorrow we're traveling to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, to help teach the Quick Start Real Estate School. with around the ground, Global Publishing.
1: Well, great calls and great Cherry
7: New Jersey. Yeah. How can I get that information with that?
0: Um, all you have to do is call in this number, 904 uh, 904- Hold on, hold on, let me write it quick. Okay.
1: Yeah, Rosa, we're going to be, like, right in your neighborhood.
0: Yeah. 904.
7: Uh-huh. Yeah, 262 uh-huh. 0491. 0491. Okay. If I call this number, will I get the address
0: tonight? Tell them you want to go to the Quick Start Real Estate School, and they'll tell you how you can get signed up, Okay. Yeah, it
1: starts on Wednesday.
0: Starts on Wednesday. All right, well, we're going to let everybody go.
1: Awesome call, you guys. Great questions it has been a
0: fantastic call. Thank you very much. And um, we definitely look forward to seeing you at the Quick Start Real Estate School or any of Ron the Grand Global Publishing events. You'll see me and Brian Wolf, the Wolf Couple. And um, looking forward to seeing you there.
1: Yes, so guys, go out there and and take what you learn and apply it in the real world and take action.
0: Yep, expect success and take action.
1: Okay, see you soon.
0: Okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye.